Hello and welcome to Misrepresented, the podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and our co-host, Truth. So today we have a really exciting episode. I'm very excited to get into the things we're going to discuss today. Um, So I'm going to kick it off with our weekend review. We have a couple of um, headlines that I want to get into from the news this week. Um, The first one being our entanglement man, Mr. August Alsina. Um, So I don't think you watch Love & Hip Hop, but it did make the headlines because he did. um, He mentioned, I will say it was very cryptic. I wouldn't say he he outed himself or he didn't he didn't technically come out he didn't say anything about his sexuality um but he did say i do want to quote it because i love the way that he did say it he said love showed up but in a new way i want to share that and really honor the person that i love and that love loves me back and it's teaching me so much about loving and healing and i want to do that in front of the world because it defies all of the constructs that one would say love is supposed to be or love is supposed to look like. To me, that was a very refined way of coming out without actually coming out. And it was in an uproar on Twitter simply because a lot of people were saying that he came out and then a lot of people were saying we were putting words in his mouth. So what are your thoughts? Based on his exact words, what would be your interpretation of that? It's mighty funny that you asked me this because um, I watched the video. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's so funny because I'm like, why is it that whenever a man expresses his appreciation for a man, it is assumed that he is gay, right? There's that side of it. And then there's a side of it as, that is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> that is so gay. And I'm, I love it because I'm, I'm here for everything or all things queer. Um, the way that he said it, yes, it absolutely was implied. Um, and it, it was nuts to see how, you know, people took it and kind of ran with that. And I love that he didn't explicitly kind of come out because in the world that we live in, that's kind of expected in a way you know where mm-hmm. no one comes out as straight so why is it that he has to make a debut that he's you know loving a man and that a man is loving him and teaching him you know a new way of love maybe something that he had not experienced you know in his life so I think it's a beautiful thing and I'm rooting for him and you know whether he's gay or straight you know I'm, I'm happy he is learning the true definition of what love is and what it feels like to be loved. Right. We're, we're always happy to see someone receiving love in the right way. Absolutely. We're fans of this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I did also see on Twitter, a lot of people were kind of speculating about how this may have played into <laughs> his relationship with Jada and what was going on with Will. <laughs> um, some people were... <laughs> We're claiming, you know, just did it just so happen that it, it might have been a three-way situation, which I'm not entertaining at all, but... What With you know? Will Smith? Right. Niggas be gay. And I'm not convinced that Will Smith is entirely straight, but that's another story. 
Interesting. You know that I'm a die-hard Will Smith fan. <laughs> to the day of death, that's my nigga. Um, I've never had any gaydar go off, and I am pretty accurate when speculating. So it's interesting to hear that Black Twitter had a lot to say about this, Mr. Mr. Lynn. Yeah, we're going to leave that there. But speaking of Will Smith, um, he did go on Trevor Noah's late night talk show um, to discuss uh, not so recent, but recent controversy of, you know, the Oscar slap. Um, which we're not going to get into. That's old news. Um, people should be able to keep their hands to themselves. And I'm pretty sure that's not the common among black people, there's not the common I, I, perspective on it. But we'll, that's neither here nor there. However, he did go on the talk show and he was discussing how that has affected him now. And he does have a movie called Emancipation, which is another black tragedy or a black horror story <laughs> based in reality that I would not be watching. We don't need no more slave movies. Like, <laughs> I kind of feel, you know, as soon as I saw it too, like, uh, you know, after the whole slap thing or whatever, and the fact that this is like his debut movie since he slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he slapped the shit out that nigga. So um, anyway, this is his first, you know, movie since the incident. And I'm just like, really? Really? Emancipation like you was a slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God forgive me. Will, I love you, but my dude, for real. Interesting. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm sure he had other projects in the works. Maybe this was like a calculated move to see that yeah, at this at, yeah, people will still, still support him. Yeah. And with the type of movie that it is, it would probably speak more to I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that's what black people are interested in seeing. I know that's not what I'm interested in seeing, mm-hmm. but we'll see how it does. Um, but his concern is, what his concern was when he was speaking was that mostly the people that he's worked with, especially with his film, how this is going to affect them, simply because people are not really, some people are not really that supportive of Will right now. Receptive. They're not receptive, receptive to his voice. Yeah. Right. So he's just concerned how that's going to affect, you know, the other people who are part of the project, which... Again, we have to think about how our actions are going to affect other people. It's a domino effect. It's not just about you. Right. You know, and um, it's so funny because a lot of people don't realize that it's not about them. They don't realize the the um, that their actions have a ripple effect that can affect more than just yourself. So he obviously seeing firsthand how it's going to affect him, but then also... Yeah, the cast of the movies, the producers, the directors, everyone that believed in him. And um, yeah, he, he really stole that night away from a lot of Black people who got that award and deserved it. And um, we don't mm-hmm. even remember who. Like, you know, it's just like, well, what? They won? A, what? I didn't even know. Because I was so distracted by the fact that he slapped Chris Rock. But again, <laughs> we're not going to go into that um I think that that's interesting that his that that's his perspective. I think that that's uh, really sweet of him to be concerned about other people, but it's also uh, hopefully a lesson that in the future he thinks these thoughts of what the future will look like for not just himself but other people um, 
and, and be careful with his actions. I hope that he truly did learn from it. I've only saw a snippet of his uh, interview with Trevor and he didn't really seem, it seems like he, uh, he didn't really seem sorry about slapping him. It was just like, well, you never really know what people are going through. Mm -hmm. And, um, and basically it was almost like a defense. And I, I do think that, you know, it's natural for us to defend ourselves. However, what you did was not okay. You do need to be accountable to that. Like it absolutely under any circumstances was not okay. And I'm, I'm your biggest fan and I'm gonna tell you, dude, that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. However, you know, um, he in the in the interview it did just seem like he was trying to defend himself. Did you get that? Did you watch that portion of the interview? Uh, I he he gave which I don't really like for people to do is to be like give an excuse and and say that's not an excuse, but you just gave an excuse. He didn't really seem apologetic. Not yeah. that he had to be. I mean, if that's what he if he wanted to stand behind behind what he did, and you know, that's fine. You know. He's grown. He did what he wants. But, but my whole thing is then just stand beside it. Don't like make excuses for it. Because if you truly stand beside it, you stand beside it. <laughs> You're not, you know, being like, oh, well, I was going through something. Well, we all go through something. Every day, somebody is going through something. And there's a lot of people I wish I could just slap the shit out of. No, for real. <laughs> Every day, God damn it. Okay. Well, moving oh. along. <laughs> Taking it overseas for a minute um, oh. with uh, China's zero covid um i guess you would call them regulations mm -hmm. but i think they've been pretty strict from the beginning on their zero covid like laws and the ways that they're just putting things on lockdown all of the testing that they're requiring um and you know how they're putting like actual buildings on lock on lockdown and putting mm -hmm. blockades and like not letting people out and so someone recently who was in one of those situations committed suicide just jump from the building um, because literally they're not the government's not letting people leave like there's COVID detected in certain places they'll barricade the building not let people out not even to get like you know necessities and things you're not going you can't get out and well so, is somebody bringing them the necessities or are they dying from starvation or I think there is I'm not sure I can't speak to that I'm pretty Ooh. sure there's a policy in place but most likely it's not effective as to how people are getting supplies and things because obviously you can't Run, Forrest! So right now, people are, they're very upset, they're protesting. Um, and so it's a crazy situation over there. So I just wanted to touch on that, you know, because people are, I mean, in America, we're kind of like pretending like COVID is over. Mm. Um, and it's not. It's still here. China sounds like they're on their way to an uprising. They are. Overthrow the government! <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. The, uh, um, I... That's, this is how nuts that sounds to me. That's like America or just any country just shutting everything down. Just like, I'm gonna get rid of the flu. I'm gonna get rid of the common cold. Like, hmm, I don't think that's it's a lot interesting because that's what they were trying to say. They were trying to say that we should have been more serious and it's like, or more serious or more like the government should have been more restrictive. And it's like, sure, they could have done that, but is there really an effective way to do that? And we're right. seeing what's happening in China and you know, is it really affecting the numbers? Did it really right. do anything? Right. Yeah, it's a lot. All right. Well, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's this TikTok thing going around that you sent me. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we just gonna get us a little try. It's called, are they really a 10? Right, so usually people, they can be a 10 based off of the looks, but when you actually get to, you know, dig a little deeper, you find out they're really a zero. They're really a one. They're really a two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really interested to see how you feel about these because, like, I'm just curious. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. They're a 10, but they're illiterate. You see, I was an English teacher at one point, so that's something we could work on. <laughs> <laughs> so, as long as they, as long as they, you know what, I'm going to get They can't read, they can't write, and you just. I'm going to get out of five. You're going to teach them. <laughs> I'm going I'm to teach you. I'm going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. A five, huh? A five. So they drop from a ten to a five. Mm -hmm. Halfway. Yeah. God damn. Okay. They're a ten, but they're in the closet. See, if you would ask me this a couple years ago, I would have said they're still a ten. Um, but through experience, I have learned, and I hope y'all are listening. There, ladies. <laughs> There is no DL man out there for you, okay? There was zero. There was zero. What do you mean by that? You're gonna have to elaborate so that uh, the women out there that are dating men that are. Oh, I was. I I don't use. I use gender pronouns for everybody. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're like ladies, and then you know. The <laughs> well, thank you for uh for letting us know <laughs> that because I mean our listeners knew. Mm -hmm. They knew. The, mm -hmm. girl, the girls know who the girls are. The girls are chirping. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was talking to the girls that aren't really girls, but they the girls. Okay, that's um, <laughs> <laughs> I I just feel like in my experience talking to men who even identify as discreet, um, mm -hmm. there's some people like that's some people like that's what they want. They they fantasize about that. But if you are an out and wanting to live an open and honest life, going into a situation with somebody who is from the upfront telling you that they're DL and knowing that's not something that you're going to be okay with in the long run, because you never, you don't know how long their journey is going to be. And mm -hmm. at any point, they're actually going to want to be open about who they are. So just save yourself the trouble. Don't even, don't engage. Okay. Zero. So you knowing that now, they're a 10, but they are in the closet. Zero. No. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. That is not a bridge you want to cross. Exactly. But to each their own. Okay. They're a 10, but they can't keep a consistent job. Hmm. <laughs> now, can't keep a consistent job. It's different than, you know, being broke. That's pretty much broke. I've met some people like, Not they, you trying they, to make excuses. No, because there's nah. people that I know who like, they don't keep consistent jobs, but they, like, they're not really, they be struggling sometimes, but they're not really broke. They be struggling for majority of that time. So, so I want you to think of it from the perspective of you can't keep a consistent job. That means your paycheck may not be consistent. <laughs> okay. So, what are they? I really don't. I've been on the struggle bus before. Uh-uh. So this ain't about that, you. But <laughs> as you like, because sometimes not having a consistent job can just be like the way that you choose to live your life. Mm -hmm. But that can also mean that you're just not a responsible person. So it depends. But I'll say that's a seven. 
A seven. Mm -hmm. Wow. Was not expecting that one. Okay. They're a 10, but they have no boundaries with their family. So what do you mean by no boundaries in the family? Like their family tells them, like, they jump and they say how high mama is running that shit. Yeah. And they Mm -hmm. doing what mama's saying. That's it. Mm. A two. A two? Okay. Wow, they got less than the consistent job. I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the bitches are quaking. <laughs> oh, it's hard out here. Oh hell. Any no. piece of man or do I'm just kidding. Okay, so this is my this is my personal favorite because you know, especially never mind, we ain't gonna get into that. They're mm. ten, but they have five kids by four different women. That's a that's a no. I'm not even gonna get a number. That's a no. Um, but simply because for me personally, it depends. Because in my experience, I have not met a man who has four kids by four different women who's as responsible to and in all of the children's lives, being a father and showing up. Now, if there was a rare situation where that was the case. Which I probably would never find out because the moment you tell me you got four kids, block, delete. Oh, you blocking, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yes. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Okay. Well, that's the end of what I have to say about that. So. That was interesting. That was fun. That was um, fun. <laughs> I hope I didn't reveal how problematic I am. Hot ass mess. Ladies and gentlemen, Lynn is a hot ass mess. Okay, um, <laughs> so the next thing, oh my god, we gotta talk about this. We got to talk about Shanquilla Robinson. <sighs> no, I <laughs> just sound like that at the same time. <laughs> there is so much that, that needs to be said, but I'm going to ask you to allow me to lay out the facts before we get into the nitty-gritty. Are you ready? I guess. Let me go ahead and prepare myself. <clears throat> Take ahead. your wig off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You cracked me up. All right. So here's what we know so far. Friday, October 28th, 2022, Shanquilla Robinson and five friends, Winter Donovan, Dijanae Jackson, um, Alice, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I feel like it's Elise Hyatt, Malik Dyer, and Khalil Cook leave Charlotte, North Carolina for Mexico. Shanquilla called her mother that night to tell her mother that she was enjoying herself while eating dinner that was prepared by a private chef in the villa that they were staying in. Allegedly, Shanquilla was making posts between the time she arrived at the villa up until her death the next day. So Saturday, October 29th of 2022, Nazir Wiggins, who we will call Nazir for the sake of the podcast, is the sixth friend who allegedly arrives in Cabo, Mexico at 2.16 Mountain Standard Time to meet up with Shanquilla and the remaining five friends. Nazir alleges that he received a uh, a phone call upon his arrival about the condition of Shanquilla. He states that he was told she had alcohol poisoning. It is important to note the exact um, is important to note that the exact time of the attack and the exact 
time of Shaquilla's death is unknown. The autopsy state that she died within 15 minutes of the attack at 3.15 p.m. Therefore, it is believed that the attack took place around 2.45 p.m. Allegedly, Nazir arrived at the villa at 3.30 and um, finds his friends in the game room and Shanquilla unresponsive in the bathroom. Help arrived shortly after he found her, according to his side of the story mentioned on his quote-unquote live. But that's neither here nor there because there were several stories mentioned on his live. So I want to put an emphasis on allegedly there. So Shanquilla's mother stated that she received two calls that day from individuals within the friend group stating that she did not feel well, and by she I mean Shanquilla, and was, ex and was experiencing alcohol poisoning. Help was on the way. These two phone calls allegedly took place before and after medical help arrived on the scene. The times that Shanquilla's family received uh, phone calls and the time that Nazir claims he arrived is likely to coincide. So at 615, security placed a call to the state attorney general's office at Mexico, Baja, California to report, to report Shanquilla's death and to have the incident investigated. So over the following days succeeding Shanquilla's death, all six of her alleged friends returned home to Charlotte, North Carolina. The exact date and time of their arrivals is unknown, but please be advised, they left her there. Two weeks later, Shanquilla's family receives her body. November 5th, there's a notarized English copy of the death certificate issued. Thursday, November 10th, the autopsy report is released and revealed that Shanquilla had died from severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation. According to John Hobson Medical Center, an acute spinal cord injury occurs when a traumatic injury um, happens that bruises, partially tears, or completely tears the spinal cord. Acute spinal injury is, common, is a common cause of disability and death. Um, so atlas luxation is a condition where excessive movement or instability between the two vertebrae in the neck. So it's basically like a broken neck, essentially. Um, and I want you to also please note that there is no mention of alcohol poisoning as her quote unquote friends have alleged. So five days later, November 15th, the video of Shanquilla is leaked, bringing local and national attention to the incident in Mexico. November 17th, the case is labeled as femicide and the investigation begins. By the 18th, the Shaquilla Robinson case makes national headlines all over the United States. By the 21st, the police report is published and made public. An arrest warrant for femicide was issued in the case by Daniel De La Rosa, the attorney general for Baja California, sir, alleging that the arrest was issued for DeJanae Jackson. Now, this is allegedly, this is not like an actual fact, um, also allegedly an arrest has been made today. No major news outlets have stated this. However, a credible source from Mexico, an investigative journalist, his name is Granado Zuniga, states this information is true. So first I want to talk about what is femicide? A crime involving a woman for reasons based off of her gender. The murder of a woman can be considered gender-based when certain criteria are met, such as evidence of sexual violence prior to the victim's death, a sentimental, affective, like affectionate, or trusting relationship with the perpetrator, 
and the victim's body being displayed in public. This case would be considered femicide based off of the relationship Shanquilla had with Dijanae, as well as the video that went viral a few weeks ago. There has been speculation that the perpetrator is transgender, but no credible sources have confirmed this. So that's all that I have to say in regards to the facts of the Shanquilla case. So Lynn, what are your thoughts? Because a lot happened and transpired on that trip. Have you seen the video? I did see one of the videos of the altercation. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw the video of what looked to be two of the women fighting, um, uh -huh. where Shankula was naked. Um, well, not fighting because she was being attacked. She was not, you know, even trying to defend herself. Right. Um, and then I did also see, you know, in the Twitter streets that there was people saying that there was another video. I had never seen the video, but right. someone, people were saying that there was a video of her being body slammed, but they were not stating that it was by a woman, that, he, that she was being body slammed. Right. I had heard those stories as well, but allegedly um, there is no second video. And through the source, um, Garado Zuniga, mm -hmm. he's the one that basically is on the ground in Mexico stating that there has been conversations about a second video, but they are only in possession of one. Okay. So my my initial thoughts on this is, one, this is wild to have happened. <laughs> to say the least. Um, two, I'm very curious to know who, have we confirmed who recorded the video? No, we have not confirmed that. And you know, um, although the birds are chirping, all of her friends have gone silent. Disactivated accounts are in hiding. So there isn't much that is known um, about the case. However, uh, you know, I saw the video where she was walking around saying, you know, it don't take that long to get naked. It don't take that long to get naked. And they were all in the room just like talking. And then the moment she got in the room, it seemed like the conversation changed. That was a little fishy for me. And then, you know, only hours later for her to be dead. There's um, like with um, Garado Zaniga, I was watching a live where there was a translator obviously involved. And I was watching that live today where he's saying that uh, whoever the arrest warrant was for, that they were arrested today, but that there were differing stories because according to the uh, maid who was on the ground, the maid is the one who found her. Mm -hmm. And then there's speculation that she was perhaps maybe dead. And the friends were just in the other room and in different parts of the house. So there's so many stories that it's like, who knows which one's real. My whole thing, where I come back to the video, the thing that really pisses me off and just doesn't sit right with me is the fact that they all were in the room this woman clearly, like Shanquilla clearly, is not defending herself. And when someone says, Shanquilla, fight back, her immediate response is no. And it's almost like a wailing no, right? At what point, as a friend, right, would you join, jump in and just be like, you know what, this ain't even a fight. At this point, I'm gonna need you to stop putting your hands on my girl. You take a step out, woo 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 there's no reason because I'm like even trying to okay even if you wanted to see a fight because you that ghetto and that ratchet and have no character at all whatsoever 
the moment that you see her not fighting back, you stop that shit. What is you still doing talking about some fight, fight, fight back, fight back? And you just watching this person get plummeled and they just not fighting. What kind of people are you guys? I don't care what you were going through. I don't care what your excuse was. As a decent human being, you should have stopped that. Nipped it in the bud immediately. Didn't bat an eye twice. That should have never happened. She should not be dead right now. And what's remarkable is allegedly she paid for that whole villa. Mm -hmm. You gonna come grab somebody out they sleep? Like what kind of, you weak to do some shit like that. Come grab somebody out they sleep while they butt ass naked. Try to, that, that's embarrassing. And then record it. You gonna record somebody naked? Like. That's a little wild. It, it doesn't sit right with me. It pisses me off. Um, and I hope that they all burn and see, you know, the furthest barrels of hell. I'm dead ass. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm ready to see, you know, people get arrested. I'm ready. I'm not sure how this is going to work because I know that I believe the FBI is cooperating with Mexico, but Mexico is taking over as far as the investigation will take in charge because it did happen in Mexico. That is correct. So everything is going to be happening in Mexico. And the reason why the FBI stepped in is because, like, allegedly, Dijonay fled North Carolina and went to, like, Connecticut or something random, right? Mm -hmm. So them, the FBI, obviously, is all of the United States. It's easier for them to apprehend and then extradite her back to Mexico, where she will stand trial for her crimes. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, because you know they they still haven't told us who the arrest warrant was for. I'm I, I I'm just trying to kind of trying to piece things together in my head, trying to understand if this how calculated this was. Yeah. Did it just just so happen, and then they just tried to cover it up because they were making calls to the to the mom to Shankul's mom, and they were saying they were allegedly lying according to what the police report said. Well, it wasn't alleged. Um, that's an actual fact because the parents and the sister who were on the receiving end of the call mm -hmm. said that that was what was said. So now we have at least one person saying that that's what was said. And then on top of that, we heard through multiple sources that it was alcohol poisoning, including Nazir himself on his live when he, you know, spewed several lies. So um, they did lie to her family. They did sit in her in, in the family's face. And according to the family, um, I, I don't whoever the best friend was, um, was over their house when they got news about the video. And when he was questioned, he all of a sudden felt ill. He was with his grandmother and they left and then they never heard from him again. So the whole thing is fishy. And my whole thing is like, okay. This woman paid for a trip for you guys. Well, not even a trip, but she she paid for the house, right? Because she was the one that had the money. Um, y'all all were complicit in this crime because y'all all stood around. Like, what kind of... I just, I can't get down with the fact that they were friends. I feel like they were all jealous of her in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I mean, this is alleged. But, like, how could you really just... Like, how do you justify that unless you really just despise the person? Because there's no way that I would be comfortable allowing something like that to transpire in front of me and do nothing. 
even as the person who wasn't my friend. It's just like on a basic human level, like right in their right mind. So that's why I'm kind of like thinking like Flat what part of this was calculated Land. or yeah. did it just happen and then y'all conspired to cover it up, which they clearly they're not doing a good job of because the, the stories are too inconsistent this early on. So I'm curious to see, you know, when things actually do go to court proceedings and people are actually, you know, on the stand and things and stories are being corroborated, what the outcome is going to be. Um, Yeah. Yeah. My concern is because I don't know what the medical laws are, right? They only issue one arrest warrant, which is concerning to me because I'm like, they all were involved. And in America, all of them would have been taken in and questioned. And, you know, they would have, yeah, they probably would have been released until they figured out who was the corporate or, you know, they would have arrested DJNA at the very least, right? So my whole thing is just like, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me that they are all just free. Now, I did hear that Winter Donovan was the one who placed the call, allegedly. I'm always going to say allegedly. She was one that placed the call. So I'm not sure because a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's a second video flying around. And Winter Donovan is the one that likes Lambda and do All of those things are great to speculate. However, until we see a video of that or at least have police confirm that that actually was true, that's just hearsay. There's so much hearsay surrounding this case right now. You know, it's really sad. It really is. And I feel like we're definitely probably going to... Um, had more conversations regarding this as the story unfolds. But I just, yeah, my heart just really goes out to that family because that's crazy. You know, she was 25 years old. Your daughter takes trips to Mexico with her quote-unquote friends Mm -hmm. and she doesn't come back. That's very sad. And that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. That's all I have to say about that for now. That's for sure. I don't know. I feel like... I guess we can touch a little bit on... I don't know. I don't feel like it's really relevant. And I feel like... I don't know, kind of detracts from the story. But, you know, we were talking about how femicide exists and it's only been used um, to describe when (laughs) a man kills a woman. A woman, traditionally, that's only been used when a man has killed a woman. That is true. And, you know, people are stating... That DeJanae is a transgender. (laughs) A transgender woman. Um, The way she was uh, slugging her around, I mean... The possibilities out there, however, that is alleged because there has been pictures that were floating around with, quote unquote, you know, Dijonay in the same outfit, but as a man versus, you know, the same outfit as a female. And that has caused... People do all kinds of crazy things on the internet. (laughs) And I know. And that's why I was saying, that's why I said allegedly, but from, from what I understand and sources that I have seen but obviously these are not like news outlets or any like major source like that but apparently um she was taking her wig on and off 
and that confused the people in Mexico because they're not used to <laughs> people taking their hair on and off. And she is a, a big girl. So that that confused some people. Now, I don't know if uh, Dejanay Jackson is, is, you know, transgender or not. I don't know. So I can't speak on that one. Yeah, I feel like we got a lot of time here. We ran out of things to speak about. But is there anything pressing that you would like to discuss? Is there any anything? Yeah, is there anything? I think there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. A lot of crazy stuff is going on. And I just want to say, y'all stay strong out there. <laughs> Dead ass, y'all stay strong out there because it's hard out here in these streets. Did you hear about that uh, that um, older guy that was like, a, he used to be a police officer and he quit and he catfished a teenager and then came all the way down to Riverside to kill her whole family? Yes, I believe um, it was. If I remember correctly, her grandparents and I don't know if it was something I can't remember, but yeah, that was wild. He catfished her, ended up showing up in her house, killed her grandparents, kidnapped her. Luckily, she was rescued unharmed, but that's like, that's a crazy situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah, just in California, there's been a lot going on, you know. Yeah. Robberies that end in home invasions, robberies that end in people being murdered. People being shot on the freeways. Yeah, being shot on the freeways. It's getting it's getting really scary out here. It's getting very really wild. You know, people getting shot. You know, in WalMarts or while they're on their lunch break or bars getting ready to clock in. Mm -hmm. uh, people getting yeah shot at the bars and it's just like, and you know, I I like to listen to the news, uh, the radio news as I'm driving to and from work um, and you know I was listening to you know they were interviewing um, I forget his name but they were just like people in you know Congress or in the Republican Party I forget what his title was but they were just saying um, what are they doing to you know kind of combat gun violence right. um, and it gets tricky because when it comes to all the precautions and the red flagging for black people attempting to buy weapons, and it's kind of like, I feel like there should be more restriction on people being able to exercise their second amendment as opposed to trying to take it away. So when it comes to, there are clear signs that, you know, people are having a mental health struggle. And I feel like making the process of people getting guns harder won't stop it, but it's it's helpful. Mm -hmm. And he was saying like, you know, if it would have red flagged him, you know, the, it was clear that he was, he was having those type of thoughts, but if we would have, you know, flagged him, made it him take longer to actually receive the weapon, Maybe he would have, it would have been more time for him to, you know, change his mind or do something different as opposed to coming up with what he came up with, 
having the access right then and there and doing what you wanted to do. I, I see. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, this is a touchy subject because um, a lot of people that are fighting to maintain the gun laws are also the same people that are terrorizing just about everywhere. So when you think about the mass shootings and things of that nature, they typically to be a, they typically tend to be of a specific you know skin tone, right? And um, those things need to be acknowledged. It's just mighty crazy to me that I'm sure if if uh, black people were allowed to have you know the same access to weapons as white people, like on the same magnitude, they'll be screaming to change the gun laws. And, and, and the thing is, a lot of black men are felons, which keeps them from obtaining a weapon to protect themselves. Obtaining one legally. Now, I do, I'm on, I'm on the end of like, I think we should advocate for more people who are, you know, who are more against guns, just being taking the perspective of, I don't know. I just feel like as people who are, who are, who have intentions to do harm have guns, maybe people who, who don't have intentions to do harm, having a gun in those places and in those spaces with them would be, it would have different outcomes, if that makes sense. Or just in the sense that, you know, more people, like, and he, was, he made this statement he, when he was talking about his interview. Um, he said, in the areas where people are more likely to have guns, he says that there is less crime because you know that your neighbor has a gun, you know everyone <laughs> has a gun, and they're going to exercise their right to use that gun. Mm. And so I think, to an extent, that, w that was an idea that made sense. Because as every, everyone who could own a gun owned a gun, then people would would rethink. You know, I'm about to pull out my gun in this open right. space and shoot everybody. No, no way, everybody else has a gun. Right, <laughs> and I get why they they say that the felons can't have guns, right? But it's just it's just so remarkable to me that so quickly you could say, oh, well, a felon can't access can't have access to a weapon to protect themselves if they're ever placed in danger. You know, ever ever in life nor can they vote. Um, however, you know, you're mentally ill and like all of these things and we have nothing in place to, you know, protect the average Joe from a perpetrator, uh, a white terrorist, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's mighty funny how the laws are shaped to really just fit, you know, specific people it's just it's crazy to me and i'm just like i don't know if anything will ever get better as long as people are forgetting that there are lives that are being lost at a mass scale and has increased since 2020 and the only thing we can think about is not like my heart goes out to those families but you ain't taking away my guns we missing the message we're not listening how many lives do we have to lose before we figure something out? No one knows exactly what the solution is, but can we make strides towards an actual solution? Because right now we're not. We're not making strides.
because everyone is just so busy trying to maintain their rights to bear arms at all costs, by any means necessary. By any means necessary. No matter how many kids die, how many gay men, how many innocent black men, they just look ghetto. No matter what, protect the rights to bear arms. Like those are, we need to figure this out. We do. We got a bigger problem on our hands. It's wild because I would say if you can only go and go get one, and I I do have a plan to you know legally own a gun, but even still, people can can people who look like me <laughs> that would put them in more danger, um, which is interesting. Yeah, you try to hold up a gun to somebody in public and they gonna shoot your black ass. <laughs> well, my thing the only is, person I ever seen. I don't know I pull out a gun unless I plan to shoot. I don't right. care what you but, got but on. When... I don't care if you wear a badge. <laughs> if I pull out my gun, I'm planning to shoot, and I'm planning to shoot first. And if I ain't gonna be shooting first, I'm not pulling it out. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I've only seen white people have guns in their possessions and not be killed. Everybody else, everybody's scared of them. Oh my God, the black man had a gun. I was in imminent danger. Like, you was in imminent danger with the white man had the gun. You was in more danger than you did. <laughs> <laughs> or admitted to. Shit. But yeah, so. Yeah, it, it's a lot. I, we don't have all the answers on that, but I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a clear it's clear that something needs to be done. We're having the same we're having the same thing happen over and over and over and over and over and over and we're not doing anything about it. Eventually it's gonna to get to a point where it's gonna reach a breaking point. And I think America as a whole is on its way there. Um, <laughs> but we won't get in, we won't get into that. We won't get into civil war just yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you and the civil war. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. But um I think Ron Forrest. Right. Um, I think that's enough for for one episode. We 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 unpacked a lot. Um, so thank you all for listening um, to Misrepresented the podcast. I'm your host Lynn, and my co-host it's your girl True. You guys have an amazing week. Stay safe. Don't be pissing people off on them LA freeways. You don't know who's carrying and who's not. But um, enjoy your week, guys. Until next time. Happy Wednesday, motherfuckers.